afternoon and evening. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast that is occasionally about the Kansas City Royals. Last episode, I kind of mentioned how I was out of it because this team is not very good, and I declared that it's not particularly worth my time because there are lots of things that I could be be doing with my time, and so I was going to prioritize those things from now on, make more of an effort to better my life, better my lifestyle, instead of sitting around being angry at a sports team that I have no control over, unfortunately. If I did have control over it, maybe things would be a little better. At the very least, they'd be different. Who knows, maybe they'd be worse. I've had some dumb ideas in the past. Like, I I really wanted to sign Marcus Stroman. I'm like, oh, Marcus Stroman, he'd be great with the Royals. Don't look up what Marcus Stroman is doing this season. Don't, don't, Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Because we we didn't do that. So it's fine. It's okay. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So make sure you're following or subscribed or whatever helps you keep up to date with this podcast. That would make me very happy indeed. Since we last spoke on Wednesday, the Royals played a couple of baseball games. They played against the Blue Jays to finish up that series. And then the they started the Orioles series both of which are at home, and on Wednesday, the Royals actually won! They beat the Blue Jays 8-4, to and on Friday, they won again! What? They won two games in a row? When was the last time that's happened? I know, it was like May 19th or something. It's been a month since the Royals have won two games in a row. Wow. So yeah, the Royals actually broke out of their scoreless uh, sort of thing. They actually had a pretty good game offensively against the Blue Jays on Wednesday. They absolutely manhandled uh, Yusei Kikuchi, who just could not do anything to get Royals hitters out. And so I think they scored three in the first inning while having the bases loaded a couple of times. They made him throw like 40 pitches. He didn't even get out of the first inning. I'm like, who is this? Who is this team? I think they said that it was... uh, I got a sneeze. Oh, that's better. Of course you didn't hear that. Anyway, I think they said that it was the most pitches that anyone has thrown in the first inning of a start or something like that or what what was it i even wrote it down somewhere it was something really really specific but it was a uh, uh, the the most pitches in the first inning by any starting pitcher this season the royals did that to someone else i don't know how or why that is very strange but it's what they did so that's pretty cool I guess. So yay, we're on a two-game winning streak for now. Of course, I didn't actually watch it all that much. Uh, I was, uh, like I said, I've been taking care of myself a little bit, and I decided, you know what, I'm not going to make an effort to watch the Royals every night, every day, unless they show significant improvement, which, you know, winning two games is a start. I need, like, two weeks of good baseball from the Royals. I need to, like, not be upset about them for a couple of weeks or not have many reasons to be upset about them. I could be upset with some things the front office is saying, like, J.J. Piccolo is like, oh, we don't need to blow it up, which is technically true. Like, you don't need to blow it up because the the core of the team is 
the young rookies and all that, so whatever. I don't know why he even said that. He probably said it in regards to the front office and coaching and management or whatever. Uh, I don't know. And he also said was he was talking about Cal Eldred. He's like, oh, but look at Brady Singer. Brady Singer has been great since he came back from AAA. Wow, thanks, Cal Eldred. Yeah, of course he did. Anyway, I couldn't be mad about that. I'm not. I'm just not going to worry about it right now. So let me tell you what I did instead of... Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about baseball. We'll talk about some things that uh, have been happening with the Royals. Because there there's actually a very interesting thing going on that I really want to talk about. But before that, I mentioned, I promised that this would be my own kind of self-help podcast until the Royals decide that they want to play baseball that is worth talking about. So before we get into actual baseball things that are kind of weird, let me tell you about something that is way more important in my life. A chicken sandwich from Arby's. That's what I did on Wednesday. I went to Arby's and I got a couple of chicken sandwiches. Now hear me out. And I promise this is not a shill for Arby's. I don't particularly have strong feelings for them or whatever. You probably already have your own strong feelings about fast food. Everyone does. It's no big deal. But let me tell you, it's not about like what this sandwich is or even where it came from. Because it doesn't it doesn't have to be Arby's. It just is because I don't know. Someone decided that. That person was not me. But around this time, actually pretty much exactly at this time, two years ago, I was going through some stuff and it sucked. In particular, I had a sort of a kind of chronic injury with my uh, with my shoulders. I had what they called a loss of disc height, something like that. I don't know how to explain it, but it made my arms real tired. It was actually very similar to like thoracic outlet syndrome because that was kind of the symptoms I was showing, but it made it very difficult to lift up my shoulders basically it was like my, my my arms were just dead tired it felt like they were falling off and it sucked and it was ruining my life and i had no idea what was going on fortunately eventually i did get this figured out and i got some help uh and i was diagnosed with you know the things and i got assigned to physical therapy did some physical rehab right so I remember like having no idea what to expect from this, but my, cause I don't know. I've, I've never been injured before. Like nothing ever happens to me really, but you know, I did, I went there, went to the place and I did my, uh, my rehab and it was great. I was feeling great afterwards. It's su- suddenly this one visit made me so much more movable. Like I had strength in my arms again for the first time in months. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's amazing. My life has been saved. And just kind of on a whim, right after uh, the therapy, I went to Arby's because there was an Arby's right next door. It it was just right there. And I'm like, you know what? Get some Arby's on the way home. Why not? And they had this thing. They had this chicken sandwich that they were advertising. It was brand new. It was part of their like two for six thing or whatever. So I'm like, all right, get this chicken sandwich, get a, get their classic beef and cheddar and that's that'll be great and it was fine that's it it was just okay it was a very okay sandwich and i enjoyed it and that was fine but it kind of became a symbol 
for me because things started to get a lot better in my life from this point on and it kind of centered around that physical therapy. I'd go to my physical therapy every Thursday and then on the way home I'd get I'd get that I get to Marby's and I'd get that chicken sandwich and things just got better for me. Like life was suddenly okay for me even after being in my lowest point mentally and physically for months. Yeah, I could literally feel the progress. And so it's thanks to this <laughs> It's not really thanks to anything, but, like, this chicken sandwich from Arby's has become this symbol of, like, just just positive improvement in my life, for for lack of a better word. It's incredibly meaningless, but again, it, it's just, it's just a symbol. It was just there, and that's kind of what I associated with. So, I heard that they brought it back. They, I guess they, they only do this sandwich in like the summertime or whatever, but they brought back the chicken sandwich on their two for six thing. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm talking about all this self-help stuff and whatever. And frankly, I've been eating pretty well for the last couple of weeks. Been uh, also eating not a lot because uh, <laughs> food is expensive now. So I'm like, you know what? Today, I'm just going to treat myself. And get some of those chicken sandwiches again. That's what I did. That's what I did as day one of my... I'm not watching the Royals that much anymore because I want to be happy in my life. Sort of plan. And it was great. It was wonderful. Except for the fact that I think that during my meal, I chipped a tooth. <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I chipped a tooth from this. Uh, I actually have no idea when specifically it happened, because the fortunate thing is that I'm pretty sure I've never chipped a tooth before. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to hurt, though, because, you know, y you feel your teeth. Your teeth have feelings. <laughs> it's a physical thing. Um, but yeah, it, but it was so it's such a minor little chip that I didn't even notice it until like hours or even days later where I just feel like this kind of rough spot on my tooth. And I'm like, oh, maybe I just got some crap on there. But then I look in the mirror and it's like, no, oh, some of it's gone. It's like if uh, you bite like the corner of your thumb or whatever, like just like gnaw on your, on your fingers a little bit, like on the, the kind of tough little corners of skin. It was like that. It's like that part had been cut off of my tooth. Just a little tiny bit. So I'm like, okay. That's, uh, unusual and mildly inconvenient, but maybe okay. I have no idea if that's actually, like, something that, I guess it should be something. I'll, I mean, I'll call my dentist. I don't I just hate going to places and blah. Whatever. You know, I'll, I'll get that figured out. So I, I don't think it's an emergency or something I need to be really worried about. It's just like, wow, that happened. Huh. Anyway, so that's what I did on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, I got some sleep. I just, I slept. That's it. I just slept. I've been sleeping a lot more, and it's been great. I, I actually don't feel dead tired all the time in my life now. Um, um, imagine that. I don't know what that feels like anymore. That's been my life for the last, like, three years. Just being constantly exhausted. So, now, right now, I'm feeling great, because I got, like, eight hours of sleep. 
yesterday during the day because I sleep during the day. And then I slept again for another couple hours after that. And then I even just before I recorded this podcast, I laid down. I think I fell asleep for like 10 minutes, had a little power nap. Yeah, I, I you literally cannot get enough sleep. I certainly can't. So it was great. I did wake up to see some of the the Orioles game. I I woke up. It was like the fifth or sixth or maybe seventh inning. And I decided to watch it because I'm like, oh, hey, you know what? The Royals are winning. The Royals are actually winning. And it's, you know, it's a high scoring game, kind of. Seems kind of competitive. Doesn't seem perfect. Uh, We had, what, Chris Bubich on the mound and he only, he didn't even get out of the fifth inning. And he gave up four runs, so... That kind of sucks, but you know what? Royals are winning. I don't mind watching that when the Royals are winning. It also turns out some of my family went to the game, and they didn't invite me. That's okay. They just had free tickets. I kind of don't want to go to the game anyway. Like I said, not all that enthusiastic about watching the Royals or supporting the Royals. I do. I do support the Royals. I want the Royals to be good. I just sometimes lack the confidence that they will be. So that's what I've been up to. That's how I've been bettering my life for the last couple of days. By eating junk food and then sleeping. Uh, that's that's great. So anyway, let's talk about some, uh, some royal things. Some fun things that are going on. Particularly after the, uh, the Orioles game. Every royal got a hit yesterday against the Orioles. With the exception of Nicky Lopez. Nicky Lopez, uh, where is Nicky Lopez? Where is he? What happened to him? This isn't the Nicky Lopez that we know and love from last year. Even defensively, he's really not that good this year. It seems like he's kind of dogging it sometimes. I don't know. Not particularly great, but, uh, yeah, we were kind of hoping that Alex Zumwalt would really, uh, transform this guy. But since since May twentieth, Nicky Lopez is hitting one eighty five, with a two thirty two on base, and that especially sucks because Nicky, part of his a uh, whole game plan, part of his whole approach is that he takes pitches, he takes walks. You know, it 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 somewhat compensates for his complete lack of power. But if he doesn't, if he's not even getting on base, if he's not even taking walks and taking pitches, it's like, ooh. Ooh, it's real bad. It's real bad. So, and then, and then again, his his elite defense is not there. He has said that the arbitration case that is approaching, I believe, and it's going to happen next week. Yeah, he says that's been uh, kind of weighing him down, and I don't blame him. I don't know why we're going to arbitration for Nicky Lopez in the first place. This is stupid, and this is I. This is what makes me worried about J.J. Piccolo running things now because Dayton Moore literally never went to arbitration with the Royals. Literally ever. There was one time. There was one time he went to arbitration. It was in 2018. It was for Brandon Maurer. Brandon Maurer did not deserve to go to arbitration. Brandon Maurer didn't even deserve a major league contract. So, I mean, look, maybe... It wasn't Maurer's decision. Maybe it was his agent or whatever saying, hey, you can get more money in arbitration. Go to arbitration. So I guess that that, that like that would make sense. I'm not blaming Brandon Maurer specifically. But still, it's so silly. It's like this guy sucked. He had negative value. 
and somehow decided that he wasn't getting paid enough. And, and, and spoiler alert, he lost the case. The, the, so Dayton Moore is undefeated in arbitration. One to nothing. One to no. But yeah, so point is, he never went to arbitration. Meanwhile, J.J. Piccolo takes over as GM, and now you've got multiple players in, in arbitration. Andrew Benintendi went to arbitration, and he won his case, and good for him. And then now Nicky Lopez is going to arbitration. Why? Why? What's the what's the problem? Seriously, what is the pro- Like, you can't even say, well, that the Royals are, like, tight on money or whatever. Their payroll's, like, it's less than 90 or 80 million dollars. Who cares? Dude, who cares? Just freaking pay the guy. Nicky Lopez was worth six war last season. Come on, man. And even if you were stingy on money, again, Dayton Moore never went to arbitration in years where we were at our highest payrolls ever. He never went to arbitration for Hosmer and Kane and, well, Salvi never went to arbitration because he already had a contract. Uh, who else, though? Uh, Esky, he wasn't worth that much anyway. Moose? Yeah, all those guys never went to arbitration even when the payroll was 100% maxed out according to David Glass. But suddenly this year when we have as as much room to spend as any other team, well, we can't give Nicky Lopez a couple extra million dollars. Yeah, you know what? I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Maybe I don't blame him for playing not so well. And you know what? I hope Nicky goes into arbitration and kicks the Royals' asses. Kicks J.J. Piccolo's ass. Go get him, dude. Get your money. I support it. I fully support it. Anyway, but someone who's doing surprisingly well, and I think I've said this several times about this guy, Emmanuel Rivera. The E-Man. He, uh, he only got one hit against the Blue Jays on Wednesday uh, and, and three strikeouts. However, that one hit turned into two RBIs, and he had a really, really great defensive play. Like, th- I think the defense is what surprises me the most. It, I don't think there was a question that E-Man could hit and hit competently, but he it, de- it never seemed like he was capable of playing defense all that well, and he is really... He's manning the hot corner pretty well so far this season, and we love to see it. And then also against the Orioles on Thursday, he got another hit, got a walk, no strikeouts, and he also had a defensive save. So he had a nice couple of games there. Bobby Witt Jr. also had a nice couple of games. He had two hits on both games. Against the Blue Jays, he went two for four with a walk, and he did not strike out at all. So that's awesome. And then he went two for three against the Orioles. He reached on an error in one of those. And once again, no strikeouts. Yeah, we love to see it. We love it. We absolutely love it. Also, shout out to MJ Melendez yesterday. He went one for two, only one for two because he had two walks. So he had two walks, although one one of them was against a absolutely... It actually wasn't a bad pitcher. It was Nick Vespi, who's actually solid for the Orioles, but they were just four awful pitches. Like, they, he didn't want anything to do with MJ, I guess. But, uh, yeah, MJ had a nice game. And he homered. Yeah, we love to see it. Rookie of the year, MJ Melendez right there. And you know who else had a nice couple of games? It's everyone's favorite royal, Carlos Santana. On 
June 8th, Wednesday, against the Toronto Blue Jays. Carlos Santana went 4 for 4 with a walk. He did not account for a single out. He was essentially flawless in this game. And for some reason, this is not the first time, because apparently last week when we were on YouTube, he went off there as well. So Carlos Santana, the best YouTube player of all time, somehow, for some reason. And then against the Orioles, he only got one hit, but it was a home run. He had a two-run home run last night. So, Carlos Santana, it's becoming an actual question of what is going to happen with this guy. Because the Royals have been dead set on keeping him around because they believe he's going to come around and hit better, hit like premium expected Carlos Santana would, and be worth something in the trade market. And they might be right. They, they might, at, at the very least, have a point. Now, I'm going to say some kind of nice things about Carlos Santana. I'm going to point out what's been going on with him for the last month or so. This also doesn't necessarily mean I'm supporting this decision. Um, I, I personally feel that Vinny Pascantino is going to provide more value this year than whoever the hell Carlos Santana will provide as a prospect for the next several years. If that makes any sense? Or assuming we would have played Pasquantino back in May like we should have. That's what I'm saying. I feel like Pasquantino would be an incredibly valuable player right now, and it would be worth more than whatever value a prospect brings back from Carlos Santana. Because I'm still incredibly unsure as to what Santana would even bring back at the trade deadline, assuming he does hit this well. So let me, let me, before I go on on that, let me just point out that since May 1st, Santana has been hitting 232 with a 337 on base, which is not, it's, it's, it's like, all right. The on base is very good. The batting average isn't as low as you might think. The batting averages across the league are way down. Uh, the average across the league is like 240 or so. So it's not that big of a deal. The big problem, though, um, no power, essentially. 378 slugging for a 715 OPS. So not, like, great there. However, since May 20th, he's hitting... 291 with a 381 on base percentage and he's hit two home runs two of the three two of his three home runs on the season that is good for an 854 ops um yeah yeah Santana actually has a higher rec plus, that's what I call run the created plus, than Salvi, Witt, and Nicky. 
It's at 88, which isn't great. 100 is league average. Um, his OPS plus is lower. It's 83. Again, league average is 100, so not great there. But, I mean, it's obviously going up. So his numbers are going up. They really are. I'm just not sure what that would mean long term, though. Like, like, what what does that get you at the deadline? The the Royals again. They are dead set on making sure that he improves enough to be tradable at the deadline, and that probably will happen at this rate. But is it worth it? Is it actually going to be worth? The two, three months that Vinny Pasquantino could have provided for you on this major league team. Would it be like, man, that's just what the Royals are up to. That's what they think. They're like, oh, man, we're going to have this complete disaster occur all around us. But as long as we get this one thing that we're, you know, that's going to prove our point. You know, oh, it's going to prove our point that patience wins. That being patient with Carlos Santana paid off because we got a 25-year-old reliever at high A ball. Wow. That's that's their end game. It's just they want the smallest, tiniest victory, no matter how bad everything is around them, no matter how meaningless. Because they just think, well, if we get this this one thing, that's going to be that that's going to prove us right in some way it's like they see 1% and they're like we did it we're awesome i mean go back to what they're talking about with Cal Eldred they really just pat Cal Eldred on the back like wow he's so great because of Brady Singer even though that's not even his thing everyone knows it was the triple a pitchers that helped him out Oh, man. But, you know, they, they see one pitcher doing well, and they're like, wow, great job, Cal Eldred. Meanwhile, they ignore the entire rest of the rotation. They see one out of five, and they're like, hey, look at the one. Look at the one. We're successful. That's a success. It's not zero out of five, so be grateful. That's what they're like with Carlos Santana. They're like, hey, we can get a prospect for Carlos Santana. That's a lot better than just cutting him and getting zero prospects. Serves you right. Get owned, nerds. That's what they're saying in the front office. Man, they are they are so smart, aren't they? They're so wonderful. And meanwhile, the actual trade pieces that they do have that probably can bring back some great prospects, they're not going to trade those guys, of course. Because, again, you know, the, the team is going to play 500 ball in the second half. And then they're going to look around being like, see, this team can win games. Y'all were worried for nothing. Worst team in the MLB. <laughs> How about now? Guess what? Actually, by win percentage, we are the second worst team in the MLB. That's right. The Oakland Athletics have dethroned the Royals as the worst team in baseball. Ooh, what do you say to that, haters? Take that, haters. I don't know, man. That's what's going on with Carlos Santana. Those are the numbers. That's uh, what he's doing. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to celebrate someone being successful on the team, I guess, because it's what we want to see. Again, though, does it matter? Is it worth not playing Pasquantino all this time instead? My answer is a likely no. But... 
It is what it is. We just have to live with this forever. I guess. Uh, well, in any case, that's uh, about all I have to share with you. I'm going to go. I will talk to you again on Monday after the Royals finish their four-game series against the Baltimore Orioles. We've got some more exciting matchups coming up. We've got uh, Jonathan Heasley versus Bruce Zimmerman on the mound. Bruce Zimmer Z Zimmerman. Everyone knows him, right? Yeah, of course you do. And then tomorrow on Saturday, we've got Daniel Lynch on the mound against Tyler Wells. Who's Tyler Wells? How dare you ask that? Everyone knows who Tyler Wells is. And then on Sunday, we've got Brad Keller versus Dan Dean Kramer. Kramer. Okay, it's spelled with an E, but not with an A, but it's spelled, it's, it's pronounced Kramer. Don't tell me you don't know who, who Dean Kramer is. He's been in the league for, for two plus years. He, he, he made 13 starts last year and went 0 for 7 with a 7.55 ERA. What do you mean you don't know who Dean Kramer is? Come on, show some respect to these all-star Orioles that they've got here. All right, well, yeah, we'll talk about that when uh, when it's over. Assuming I even watch it, I probably won't. I'll find something to talk about. I'll talk about more dumb stuff that you don't even care about, that no one cares about. But that's, it's my podcast. It's the Royal Deluxe Podcast. It's not the Royal to every, uh, Everyone Podcast. That's right. How about that? Okay. So thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I would love to hear from you at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter or Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I hope you are having a good one. Let's have a good weekend. Until then, I'm Lux, and go Royals! Yeah!